Hello and welcome to another episode of Offbeat Grad. Today I have my first repeat visitor who isn't my friend Isabel, and I have Amanda Cross of Amanda Cross Co. and The Happy Arkansan, and she's a college blogger, she's a post-grad blogger, she blogs about freelancing, and today we're going to talk again about freelancing, because the first time I had her on here we talked about her freelancing journey and her best tips, and she shared some great tips for Upwork, but I thought it'd be great to sort of collaborate today and talk about our 10 best tips for freelancers. And I'm not just talking about freelance writers, I mean freelancers in general, but note that both of us only have experience as writers, so it will probably be more geared towards that, but you could definitely use it for any type of freelancing. So yeah, let's jump into it. So introduce yourself again. Uh, my name is Amanda, and I am a freelance writer from Arkansas. I write mainly in digital marketing and human resources. Um, I mainly write long-form content, and I'm also a blogger of my own, and I try to balance it all, and I mainly suck, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> That's my introduction. Yes. You also run a Facebook group. What's it called? The Ambitious Freelancer? Yeah, the Ambitious Freelancers group. I'm trying to get it off the ground. I'm excited about it. I go through my spurts, through my freelancing. Again, it's something like freelancing just takes a lot out of me. Yeah, so, I relate. Yeah. But yeah, you should, everyone listening, definitely join that if you're thinking about being a freelancer because she posts really interesting. I love the stuff you post to like read, like your favorite articles of the week. I love those. I always need those because no one in my life like personally does freelancing or anything online. So I feel like I'm alone most of the time. I try to yeah. talk about it with people and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Get a real job. So it's great. <laughs> So for this episode, we've each prepared five different tips that we think all freelancers need, especially writers, but freelancers in general. So we will go back and forth explaining our tips and we'll just talk about them. So why don't you start? Okay. Um, so I guess my biggest tip for me personally, especially because I'm like... <sighs> I need to have, like, an environment that's productive. It's just creating a productive environment, not necessarily just, like, the desk you set up, although that was really important. Like, when I got my desk, it was, like, one of the most proudest moments because I didn't have a desk at my house at first. I was just, like, freelancing from my couch or from my bed, and I was getting stuff done, but I wasn't getting nearly as much done as I do now that I have my desk. But also just, like, creating the environment that you know you're going to get work done in and um, before this, we were I was talking to Samantha about this, like, I know what makes me most productive, but most of the times I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important, like, for me, it's, um, I love to use the Pomodoro technique. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but it really works for me. And Wait, I also love this. Um, it's like a technique where you do really big, like, small, but, like, small spurts of, like, productivity, like, really focused work for like 25 minutes and then you take a break for five minutes and then you do that on and on for like four um big focus sessions and then at the end of that um big focus session you take a 25 minute long break oh I love um, this I love the break so um so yeah you get lots of breaks but the important thing is like the focus time because it's like you're really focused on a task and you don't like check your phone or do anything like you really just focus on that task for 25 minutes and I think it really helps me be productive because I don't have to focus for a long period of time but 
so I'll always know I'll have that five minute break to look forward to if I want to like check Instagram. But it's really great if you have like longer stretches of time that you can work. If you do like a lot of meetings and stuff throughout the day, it's probably not the best way to be productive. But if you have like long stretches of time and time blocks where you can just focus, it's a really great technique to use. And then on top of that, I also use this um, website called Brain FM. It's a paid website, but they make lyrics free music that like simulates your brain like this weird way. Like the first night I used it, it was it gave me a headache, but it also <laughs> made me like the most productive I've ever been <laughs> because I don't focus well. Like I can't listen to people talk when I'm working. Like my sister loves to talk on the phone, but I can't do the same thing and work at the same time. I can't listen to like lyrics music when I'm working because I'll just like listen to music. So it's really great because it's lyrics free, but it stimulates your brain. It's like backed by science or something and it's really awesome. Um I think it costs like six ninety nine a month or it's cheaper if you buy it like in a yearly package. But I think it's such a worth it thing to do because it makes me way more productive. I'm going to try that. I really like ambient music. I listen to a lot of like ambient sounds like Hogwarts Library, like ambientmixer.com like hooks it up with some really nerdy ones. There's like so many nerdy ones. I love them. Um, I can't listen to lyrics either. But I totally agree with having like a space to work, especially when you work for yourself because you don't really have that work-life balance. That's my biggest problem. Like, I w- last night I was working till 10 p.m. Because, like, I don't know how to turn it off a lot of the time. So having a desk and be like, okay, when I walk away from this desk, like, I'm done working for the day. That's a really good mindset to have. Yeah, for sure. I like to definitely have <clears throat> that space. And it's just really nice because, like, your bed becomes, like, your bed and not just, like, where you work and it's easier to like actually go to sleep because <laughs> yes, I'm kind true. of an insomniac. <laughs> I agree. Okay, cool. Good tip. My first tip is to make a website and a blog. I think they should be both website and a blog. You can't just have a website. I see a lot of writers, especially, or just designers, any kind of freelancers will make like a portfolio website. And I think that's a good first step, but I don't think that should be our only step because having a blog on that website and creating it more like, um, an online platform instead of just like this is my resume would be more attractive to clients to be like look I know how to make a blog I know how to write for the web I know how to like write sales copy or even just design like I know how to design a functional website not just how to design a portfolio that kind of thing it also just looks super professional um if you're able to give someone like you meet in person your website address and it's a real website address not like mywebsite.wix.com or like one of those like just pay for the domain you can get a domain for like less than $15 a year. So this is a pretty cheap investment. And it just looks so professional. And it could just be as simple as your name. Like I know Amanda's is amandacross.co. I have one samanthatetralt.com. Like so simple, but it works. It's as easy as it can get. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't have a website at first. I was like, a little notch. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but eventually this year I really sat myself down and said, you have to create a website. And it definitely worked like within like a couple of months of like starting my website, I'd already got a client who had seen my website and wanted to um, book me for work. So it's an effective way to go about things besides just having a portfolio. 
Yeah, and it doesn't take that long. Like, I feel like a lot of people feel it's going to be a really big challenge and, like, a high-maintenance thing. I never update my, my this other website. I do every once in a while. Like, sometimes I'll write something for a client and it doesn't work out. And I'll be like, okay, great. This is for my portfolio now. And that's what <laughs> I'll use on that blog. Um, I don't really put, like, as much time into it as I do for, like, Samantha Ability. And I think that's okay as long as it's just somewhat fresh. Like, don't let it die, but update it maybe on a monthly basis something like that. It doesn't have to be a full-time commitment. Just make sure it's it's active. Yes, definitely. I agree. <laughs> All right, share <laughs> your next one. Um, my next one is to don't compete with the bottom. And I'm oh, yes. really... I understand that there are so many people who will be cheaper than you and they will be like... You'll be like, how are you ever able to afford a penny per word? Like, I can't do that. I've what are done you it. Doing? We've, I've <laughs> done it. I, when I started, I accepted. I don't know why. I, like, thought it was a good deal at the time. Like, this was over two years ago. I accepted one that was a 1,000 words for $10. And it was, like, a lot of work, too, because they needed you to source all these images. And then they, they would have, like, this intense feedback. And I, I would I eventually was just like, okay, I'm done with this. I think I did it for, like, three weeks. And I realized, thank God, that this was the stupidest thing. But it's so easy when you're just getting started to fall into that trap of, like, competing with these people who are pricing so low because you think that's what you're supposed to do. But it's not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like... I was, I had actually just posted a blog today about this. Like, you don't want to be the McDonald's in your industry. McDonald's, they they survive because they're able to push out so many hamburgers, so many fries, so many this, so many that. Like, they are able to really, because they have it in so many locations, they're pushing out so much products. You don't want to be that person who has to push out, like, a thousand blog posts a week because you want to make more money. So instead you want to be like a nicer burger establishment who you might not make um, as much money as McDonald's. You might not have, but you won't have to do as much as McDonald's and each of your clients, you can really focus with them and um, really get to know them and produce like the best work possible and get paid more for it. So don't compete with the bottom, stick to your rate and just like do you instead of like focusing on what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I think a good practical tip is to decide, like, how is, what is the lowest you're willing to spend? Like, what is your lowest, I, this is, I cannot go below this, or I will not be able to pay rent this month. Like, what is that amount? And then stick with it. Like, there's, you don't want to work with the lower clients anyway, because trust me, they are a hassle. I don't know why they expect yes. the most, but pay the least. Like, for the, every client that has paid me more has come back so much more satisfied because I think they value the work way more they realize they're getting more for the money whereas the cheap ones like they think you're supposed to be like JK Rowling over here and they get upset (laughs) if you're like not I don't know if there's like anything like that they didn't communicate clearly which they won't they'll be like this was not what I wanted or like tear it down even though it was their fault in the first place it's just it's not worth the time like I sort of appreciate when people identify themselves as the cheap clients in the beginning because you know okay I don't really need to be a part of this yeah for sure I've I've also had that experience like the low-paying clients like literally you will have to go through so much just to please them and it's just not worth it in the end because you're not making as much money as you could be so just don't 
Yeah, I'm still trying to get over it. Um, I think the only reason I would accept less is if it was a, like a really strong long-term agreement where it was really steady work, because I know I do a lot of SEO writing, which is a little, it's definitely lower paid than more of the research based, but I'm usually willing to do this because it's not like here, write one for like yeah nothing. It's like, here's a batch of like 20 or more. So it's more ongoing. Um, that's my only tidbit on that, but I don't know how that is for other industries, but I know you can get underpaid in every industry. So just don't play that game. (laughs) (laughs) My next tip is to create a LinkedIn profile. And I was not convinced in the, the actual use of this as a freelancer until I got a client through LinkedIn and I thought it was a joke because I was like how did you find me on LinkedIn I think my keyword on LinkedIn is freelance writer and actual human being because like I don't like a lot of freelancers write really with a lot of fluff and my sort of difference is that I don't and I I'm a marketing writer so a lot of marketing writing is a lot of buzzwords and like getting you hyped but not really giving you any information so I try to not be that and that actually really appealed to one of my clients and I got them through LinkedIn so it's definitely a really powerful search engine in a lot of smaller businesses especially higher this way and it's actually pretty great and it takes only a few minutes to set it up so just set it up and forget about it and then you're good yeah, for sure. A lot of people think, oh, I have to like apply to jobs on LinkedIn. And I really wouldn't go that route because yeah, most of those jobs that. are physical jobs. <laughs> a lot of it's just people viewing profiles. Like mm-hmm. I got one client that way through like a, they'd seen my information in like a LinkedIn group. And then they went to my website and really liked my work. And then they hired me from that. So definitely don't think that you have to like spend a ton of time just optimizing your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, I think it's super simple. The basics are just have a good photo, have like solid work experience, link to your website, which we already talked about, and write a good description that is just clear, straightforward, and not too long. And then make a keyword in your, um, there's like a headline you get with your name. Like make sure that's really clear what you do. So if you're a freelance writer, be really clear about what kind of writer you are, like marketing writer or human resource writer or something like that. Don't just be like freelance writer because that means nothing. Just like be more specific. Same if you're a designer, like what kind of design do you do? That kind of thing. Um, Because people are on LinkedIn literally searching these terms. So you never know where you'll appear. Yeah, and another tip that I learned from a course I was recently taking was to get your clients to leave you a LinkedIn um, recommendation because you really can't put you really can't put someone's recommendation from somewhere else on LinkedIn. Only they can do that, and it's their face attached to it, their profile. They can check out the person, Um, and it's just a really great way to like give you some social proof. That's not in like your LinkedIn summary and looks weird, like it's attached to a great face. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I didn't think about that. Good job. (laughs) What's the next one? Um, So I really think that knowledge is power. Like, the more you know about your subject, um, the more you can charge. You don't have to necessarily know every single thing. You can't know every single thing when you're first getting started. But as you are getting into your niche, like mine is human resources and digital marketing. So I love to like read blog posts, um, listen to podcasts, uh, and just read books. And not even necessarily like the whole book, maybe just skimming the book or seeing just different things I can do. And also just like ebooks, like people who, um, like there are a ton of companies in the human resources space that like have those free ebooks and you can like sign up with your email address and get them. And I just like, I have way too many of those to count, but I just like to look through those because I don't really have a lot of like personal knowledge, like 
going into a human resources job and doing it. So having all of that information and learning more and more about what I am talking about is just helping me um, book higher paying clients and do better work. Yeah, I same do not have a background in any of these things. I studied English and honestly, that pays nothing. So I'm out here doing my own thing. But I've discovered I really like writing about marketing and technology and that kind of thing, even though that's not what my educational background is in. But just like always, I, my favorite thing to do is listen to podcasts. And then also I follow like the top blogs in these fields, like they're always posting about industry changes and trends. And there's also a lot of Facebook groups that I like to get into, like digital marketers or like e-commerce experts. Um, Reddit as well, I think is a great resource for like small business pages, personal finance, like digital marketing. These are great because you always get people are asking questions and giving really good answers. And you can just be part of like that community. And you definitely need to always keep learning because you definitely don't need to be the most like experienced writer to like get a job you for sure don't if anything it will help you not to be because that'll be really hard to land a client but anyway uh it's really just a good thing to be active in the community whatever your niche is and if you don't have a niche choose one just choose what you're interested in and join the community and start learning it's a lot of trial and error it really is and like under like i've dropped pretty much like, I used to also write in higher education, but I realized that there's not a ton unless I wanted to write like, for, like, university blogs and things like that. And there was just not as many as I would have anticipated. And so now I don't really go after higher education clients, but I still go after human resources and digital marketing. So, like, you'll have something. You'll think it's a really great, awesome thing, and then you won't. And that's okay. Like, you can move around, switch it around. Your website is fluid. You can always change things around and update them. So don't be afraid to, like, pick a niche. And then if it doesn't work out, pick another one. Yeah, I actually do that because I actually write in several niches. I've somehow on accident become, like, a home decor expert writer. Like, I did not ask for this. I, if you looked at my apartment, you would not think it, this is what I'm doing because I am not skilled. Um, but I can, like, I like to research the history of interior design trends and, like, put that into blog posts. And clients love that stuff. So um, I don't know how I've somehow become this person. Like, one client asked me to do something for it, and then, like, it worked out really well and then I actually use that to get another client and now it's a thing but anyway I don't include that on, on my portfolio because I advertise myself as a marketing and e-commerce writer so if I started posting all these blog posts on like five design trends to try in your kitchen like that's going to be confusing they're going to be like what is she like what is she really focusing on so like I keep those to myself and if I am applying to a job in that industry I will pull those out but if not I keep them to myself because I'm trying to really focus on marketing and e-commerce it honestly pays better and I'm more interested in it so you don't don't feel like just because you wrote in like all these different fields you have to put every single thing you've ever written on your portfolio actually you shouldn't put your best stuff in the field that you're trying to get a job in don't you can always keep that to yourself and keep it for a rainy day it is fluid you, you don't have to feel like you're locked into one niche um, I definitely write in a lot of different niches but for the sake of my portfolio I try to keep it pretty limited yeah, you might just want to like, create a spreadsheet for like all your past clips that you have and then pull them out like when you need them. Like she said, like when she applied for a, a decorating position, like then she could like bring that out. But otherwise, just have a little spreadsheet where you put all your clips that you have your name attached to or that you've written and that you can showcase um, that way you have them 
available easily. That's really organized. What I do is not organized. I Google my name (laughs) and I scroll through like the 13 pages of results, half of which are like my high school cross country career. And then I eventually find all of the links I've like published with, like all my bylines will come up. So probably don't do that, but (laughs) it takes forever. I don't know why I don't have a better system. Yeah. Yeah, I could never do that. My name is so common. Oh, see, mine's not. Yeah, yours is really common. Mine is not, so it's very specific. There's no confusion. That's my my one superpower. You can Google me, and you can see the time I ran a marathon when I was 14. For me, me, no. Like, there's this author who goes by me, and across her name wasn't even Amanda Cross. Her name was, like, Caroline or Carolyn or something, and... She went under the pen name Amanda Cross, and like all her stuff is like at the top of the page, and my Ooh, stuff. You got it's a not good like at the. Rank. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at like the total bottom, but it's like not as high up because of this author who's not even has the real name Amanda Cross. Like, what are you doing? You have to steal pen someone names. else's name now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really crappy. <laughs> That's really bad luck. Um, yeah, no, my name's good for that, but no one can spell it, so. When I do become a published author, I will have to change my name. So that's that. Um, which one did we just do? Just I don't, don't remember. Change it. <laughs> um, that was number four. Knowledge is power. So, yes. Wow, this is really organized. Okay, so <laughs> so the next one that I've prepared is um, you should guest post. Like, even if you're not a freelance writer, I think everyone needs to guest post. I've guest posted a lot, and it helps so much with my SEO. Um, it really gets your portfolio out there or your blog, whatever. Um, even if you're not a writer, you can just... I think if you're a designer, you could you could do a guest post on like design trends, like whatever, um, that kind of thing. Really build your authority. So when you have something like that on your portfolio, on your LinkedIn, or when you're applying to a job or you're trying to talk to a client, and you can be like, oh, I've been featured on this, this, and this. Like that's really great. Um, try to look for really niche websites or like the top ones in your field. Like I've been so afraid to pitch really high up websites, but it's honestly not as scary as you think. Most of them, as long as you're a decently competent writer, will work with you with edits to get it ready for publishing. In my experience, I've always had to go through rounds and rounds of edits, which takes forever. But as long as you're willing to work with it, you'll get published and it's not complicated. And then you get your link out, you get your name out, and you look like you know your stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really great for writers to ghostwrite. Like, most of my portfolio is ghostwritten material like I don't have a ton of clips I do have some clients who were willing to put my name attached to things um but for the most part I'm like just writing for other people so it's really awesome to guess um to guest post so you can actually put your name and your face attached to some the stuff you write yeah a fun tip with um if you're doing ghost writing is you can usually ask the client sometimes they're willing to let you link to it in your portfolio i actually wrote something into my contract that says i can do this um and i ask <laughs> is that bad um, i'm always like i keep the right to like link to my work um which i think is good but most clients won't really care like if you have a really small like or if you privately sometimes you don't need to put it on your portfolio but you'll like privately be talking to clients and you'll be like this is a ghost written thing. You should get permission before you do that. But most clients don't really mind if you're only using it in this situation, not like in a publicly spreading the word that you wrote this random thing, which most of the time you don't want to do anyway. Um, 
But that's a good idea. You can also use screenshots. Like if there's one part of the post that you think is really good, just use like a paragraph screenshot because that's not going to get picked up by Google. Like Google will use, if you have like the same copy repeated on two different websites, it'll be like one of these is wrong and it's not good. Um, but if you use a screenshot just of that one part and then you put like, this is a part of a ghostwritten piece, like that's a good way to showcase like, oh, I am writing content for other people. I just can't like link to it for obvious reasons. There are little ways to get around that. I'm sneaky like that. It's amigo. It's amigo. <laughs> it's amigo. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so my biggest thing, and this is like the first freelance job I had that was like when I was actually getting into freelancing as like a career is to like just be able to tell the difference between reality and the vision of the company. Like when I first got into freelancing, like this one person kind of like um, approached me on Upwork and they were like, yeah, we should totally do this thing. And then we like did, we did like multiple phone calls about this like company they were building and it seemed really, really awesome. And then I got to the back end of things because they wanted me to be like a blog editor, which I was not prepared to do, especially because like the reality of the company was they weren't anywhere near close to where they wanted to be. And so it was a lot of building up. Like they wanted to put out content like all the time, but they also didn't have like a lot of contributors contributing. Uh, And then they wanted me to do this. (laughs) And they wanted me to do this for $12 an hour. So it was like, I had to, I was basically the person, but I wasn't ready to be that person. I just really started like, I'd run my own blog, but then they also had a team of people and I had never like worked in that environment before. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was just a couple of weeks that I will never get back. I did get a couple hundred dollars from it though. I mean, that's good. At least you got paid. Yeah, I got paid, but other than that, like, just be, like, clear, like, it's really easy to, like, get the wool pull over your eyes, like, and to just be like, oh, that's such an awesome vision, but really make sure that you're getting to reality of the situation before you say yes to anything, because a lot of companies might go after, like, newbie freelancers who don't really have, like, a lot of under their belt just to see if they can, like, get over on them. They're undercharging, so they know they can pay you cheap. Yeah, so just make sure that you, you the vi- the vision is important. Like obviously, you want to have something to aspire to, but make sure that your reality is something that you can actually, um, be be good at. Especially if you're using like a platform like Upwork, where they can like rate you for your like your performance, or whatever. Luckily, this person didn't rate me or anything, um, but it was definitely a learning experience that I am glad I learned, but frustrated it took me. A few weeks of my life to <laughs> yeah uh, I've had the opposite problem I have a lot of um clients who either haven't worked with freelancers before and they well I guess it's not the opposite problem it's a similar issue I think it's a lack of understanding on their part I don't think they mean something malicious I think they really don't understand like what the process of writing is I see this so often and they think like oh I want like 200 blog posts written up front like we're gonna post one every day like this kind of crazy thing that one doesn't really make sense from like a marketing perspective I see that so often like a lot of really redundant like work that doesn't really need to happen um especially in seo but 
they usually don't really have a clear grasp on like what the process is and they'll have these really unrealistic expectations and they'll be like oh i need you to do this you need to make all the pinterest graphics you need to give me all the alt keywords i need the secondary keyword we need to put the keyword 15 times in this paragraph and then link it to this page and the anchor text needs to be this weird bracket thing and i get that so often and i'm like okay but it puts you in a weird situation where you're not sure if it's appropriate to speak up about um, like your personal experience with this and how you know it's probably a waste of time. Um, I try to avoid clients like this. Like you said, they're not a good fit. Um, usually they want someone to real. they need, what they need is a full team of contributors and like SEO specialists. Like you're not some magic solution. A lot of companies seem to think like hiring one freelance writer is like getting this magic cure-all solution to like all of their marketing troubles and it's just going to fall into place, but that's not really the case. A lot of these companies need a big team and what they want is like you to deliver on that, but you're like just one person and there's only so much you can do, especially for like $12 an hour. Like what are they expecting here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I was just like, what am I? Like I tried, (laughs) I tried it for a little bit, but over time you're going to burn yourself out and you really don't need to do that as a freelancer. So just, you know, if something doesn't feel right, it's okay to like leave that situation. It might be detrimental to something. You might burn a bridge, but like at the same time, that's also not a a client that you want to have a bridge to usually. So yeah. Remind yourself like you're in the freelancing world so that you could make these decisions. Like you didn't take like a full-time real job for a reason. I always try to remind myself when I have a client that really frustrates me, I'm like, okay, well, this is my business. You are the business owner. Like, even though sometimes it feels like it's the client's business, it's you are the business owner. You're contracting a service. You are in control and you don't have to work with anyone you don't want to work with. So good reminder. (sighs) That's a good one. I hate that one. You see it a lot on Upwork, especially a lot of clients who don't seem to really have a grip on (laughs) what you can deliver, like reasonably as one human being. Yeah, for sure. All right, my next one is how to write for the web. You need to learn how to write for the web. And this isn't just for writing, like as an industry. I think in general, no matter your industry, you need to know how to deliver for the web today, which is always changing. You can't get comfortable, which is one of the most frustrating things. As soon as you learn something new, it's changed. This is, I'm looking at Instagram, but um, it's always changing. Um, As a writer who works in SEO a lot, it's really frustrating because as soon as I think I've mastered one thing, I need to already learn something else. And it's good to just start as early as you can learning about SEO. If you know about SEO, like even a little bit, don't be intimidated. Like you don't need to go out and invest in a $500 course. You really don't. By the time you take it, that all will be obsolete. Like it just keep learning and start understanding how image works, um, how headlines work, like uh, some of the basics of writing, like as someone who studied English for four years, you should learn a little bit about grammar. You should learn a bit about how to structure paragraphs, um, how to include research, stuff like that. It doesn't take a long time to learn this. My biggest advice is to like start reading things on the internet, which you probably already do, and see what you like about those articles, what works, what doesn't, like what attracts you to them. If you're using social media, like maybe you're a social media consultant, go on social media. Like what do you like about some brands? What do you what annoys you about others? Like this is a great way to do research and just learn how the internet works. Yeah. And like if you're like for example, if you do like 
photos, you could learn how to like compress them correctly and how to like what actually attracts people to images versus being skipped over. And like, there's just so many different industries, pretty much any industry that you're in, you have to do something with the internet because the internet is basically our lives at this point. Um, So you're going to be online or you're going to be working on your own website and seeing what attracts your own clients to actually hire you as a freelancer. So the internet is the important. Yeah, that's a good point about um, working on your own website as well. And social media. God, I struggle so much with social media. I don't even get started. (laughs) If I could just like hire social media out, (laughs) like be able to afford it, like I would definitely do that because... Your girl, Instagram. Like, the only one I'm really okay with is Pinterest. Oh, man. Other than uh, that, me like, and Pinterest Facebook. are, like, best friends. Pinterest makes so much sense. Yeah. And that's, other than although that, I like, do pay someone to do Pinterest. I pay Tailwind, so. <laughs> true. <laughs> There's nothing. I mean, they have one for Instagram, but. Oh, yeah, you tried it, didn't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently trying it. Um, I'm still kind of in that. Because I've only done, like, a few images. Because, you know, I don't post much on Instagram. It just frustrates me so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I I post, like, once or twice a week at most. It's really bad. I should post daily. But I'm like, uh. It's so hard. I want to. It is really hard. And I'm I don't posting daily and I hate it. I take 15 million pictures anytime I leave the house, which is rarely. And then I'll post them for, like, a month. But I'm always wearing the same shirt. So, like, I'm talking with a friend, and we were like, we're going to go somewhere, and we're going to bring, like, five outfits and just, like, change in the car, because, like, I can't be pictured in the same shirt, like, every time. Yeah. I, like, I just don't, like, I take pictures, like, block photos, and, like, I get my dad to do my pictures and stuff, but other than that, like, I just don't, I've never been one to just take a lot of pictures. Me neither. If it was just, like, pictures that I just took, it'd just be a bunch of nature shots. (laughs) That's all I really take pictures of. I love taking pictures of, like, my surroundings. But other than that, like, I don't take a lot of pictures of me. I hate I've taking never pictures been that of co- me. I've never been photogenic. This has been a journey to get to where I am today where I can, like, somewhat, like, relax my face in front of the camera. It is so hard. Oh, I hate it. So if yeah, anyone so wants to do my I- social media for free, I'm open. <laughs> I have no I money. <laughs> I have no budget, but if that's okay, then, um, Yeah. I can pay you an exposure. <laughs> yes, a lot of exposure <laughs> to my, like, two followers who actually care. <laughs> yes, well, I'm tired of being paid an exposure, but I'll do the same. <sighs> it's One, a learning curve. It is, but I can't get there, so. <laughs> I don't know. I used to be okay with Instagram until that big algorithm changed where it's now, like, I don't know, not chronological anymore. I can't. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I, oh, gives me anxiety. Like, I wish a lot of the times I'm like, why wasn't I there that big hump where, like, everyone was making, like, hundreds of thousands, like, on Insta- on, like, Facebook getting, like, thousands of likes and stuff. Like, I've been at, like, 1,100 likes on Facebook for, like, ever. I don't even... I'm not even there. I'm at 500. It's... I've abandoned Facebook. I don't. I don't think anyone's on there anymore, except for groups. I don't think anyone cares about your page on Facebook anymore. 
Literally, it's so sad, though, because the only time I use Facebook, my Facebook page is for ads. And so now I feel bad. Like, whenever I have a sponsor post, that's, like, the only time I post on Facebook. And Same. I feel bad for my Facebook audience. <laughs> because literally, like, my last couple of posts have just been, like, ad, ad, ad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just don't like this. I'm forced to. <laughs> I don't use it anymore. I've given up. Like, I don't touch it. Because I do it sometimes if someone does a guest post because I feel bad and I feel like I need to try to, like, promote it on Facebook, even though I know no one's looking like only like my mom will like it so it's just so sad no one's on facebook i don't know it's just like facebook come on and then you're messing up instagram too i hate instagram but it's like an abusive relationship and i can't get out well that's today's rant um (laughs) another another tidbit about writing for the web is stop writing like you're writing an academic paper i see this a lot with new writers um when you write for the web you're supposed to be very casual with your language but i guess it's really hard especially for college students because you're sort of conditioned to write a certain way and then you realize like how do you get out of that and it just comes with practice but try to write like you speak i always try to read through things before i publish them to make sure they don't sound awkward and that's the best advice I have on that other than to just practice. Yeah, for sure. It's hard for me. It was it was semi hard for me because all the while I was in college I was also blogging. Mm-hmm. Like I started my blog in November of twenty eleven and I started college in like August of twenty eleven. So <laughs> it was a little easier for me because I was kinda doing both and balancing it, but still at the same time like you learn so many things in college, like, oh, you don't use contractions, you don't do this, you don't do that, you um, side on your sources, blah, 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 and it's like, some of those things are relevant, but most of them are just like a bunch of BS. I'm glad I never have to look at APA in my life. I never had to. I looked at MLA, Team MLA. I still use it in, <laughs> in, in blog posts, though. Um, <laughs> so it's paid off. I used MLA, I think, in, like, one class, but, I, but like, sociology uses either APA or ASA, so I got real comfortable with it, and now I don't know any of it. Oh, I still yeah. know it. I'm deep, I'm deep in team MLA, but I had one sociology class, and I had to, t- to do it in APA, and I was like, mm, can I use MLA? And he was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> the perks of a small school. Okay. I think so, you are my, on your last one. Yes. So my last one is don't be afraid to take breaks and take care of yourself. I know that your freelance clients will be down your back maybe and they'll be like, where is this? Where is that? But like at the same time, you really need to have some time to yourself every single day. Like I take breaks. Like I work pretty late. I have a weird schedule. Like I'll work in the morning. Um, when my parents get home, I'll take a break and hang out with them for a bit, and then I'll go back to work from, like, 8 to 12. I, I'm i really starting to, like, try to, like, take win weekends off and stuff, too. Um, that's going to be my goal in 2019 is to not work on freelance stuff on the weekend. Ugh. I'm still going to work. <laughs> I'm going to work on my blog stuff on the weekends and just work Monday through Friday, like, a 9 to 5. It's kind of – it's – like, find what works best for you. Like, some people don't want to even want to do, like, a 9 to 5 in their freelance job. I don't. But, like, <laughs> it, <laughs> it works for me. Like, find whatever works for you. Take the breaks that you need. Um, I feel like a 9 to 5 would work best for me. That way I'll have my evenings off every evening. 
Um, and I might not always work till five o'clock, but just having like a specific time for freelance work is something I'm shooting for at the end of this year and into 2019. Um, because I'm tired of just working on freelance stuff all day. Uh, same. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I, I like the, the work less, get paid more mentality, which I don't think is a myth. I, I believe it's real. Uh, the work smarter, not harder uh, thing that I have stuck to. <laughs> I have some days where I work 12 hours. I have some days where I work two hours. It is very inconsistent, but I'm okay with that because I can sort of structure it around my plans for the week. Like if I know I want to go to Disney, I live at Disney. Um, if I know that I want to go like um, do something um, one day of the week, I will work super crazy the other days to avoid doing this. But it has become an issue where I'm not always able to step away especially because some of my clients are in different time zones I have a few in Europe yeah. and this is the biggest challenge because they'll assign me to stuff at like 11 p.m at night which I know is probably them like waking up in the morning like just getting started but they'll be like I need this done as soon as possible and then I'm like <laughs> okay but like it's 11 here what do I do I have when I was out earlier last week we went to like Deland I was walking down the street and I got an email that was like oh this this edit is needed and they're needed pretty fast because it's like a that's for my seo industry which is fun to work in but it's really fast paced like it's always moving really quick and so i always need to like do them quickly and i know i can do it at home but i can't like let it go i'll like fixate on it and i'll i have to like pull over into a coffee shop like get a coffee and like sit down and like work through it for a few minutes so that i could make sure it wasn't like super big because that'll stress me out i have such a hard time just like stepping away because I have my email on my phone. I need to stop. Like that's that's clearly a big trigger for me. I need to get that off my phone because I'll see it and I'll be like, well, got to go work now, even though I was doing something else. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I don't really take European clients. I like one time the client that I had just like stopped working with was European and I didn't know. I thought they were American. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to email you at like four o'clock in the morning. Yes, and I'm like, this I get is not most for of me. my assignments at four in the morning. And I'm just like, okay, but they're really nice. Like I, I overthink it because if I just reached out to like one of my editors there, they're wonderful. And they would just be like, oh, it's fine. Like once I told him I couldn't get to something today and he was like, it's national hike day. Go on a hike today. Have a great day. Do it next week. And I was like, okay. Um, so I know that it's not a big deal, but I always like to, um, really deliver things early and as quickly as possible and I need to work on it. And that's that. <laughs> yeah. I usually just take American clients cause I'm like, I don't want to deal with time zones too much. <laughs> it is hard. I don't have to do any calls with them or anything. So it hasn't been an yeah. issue, but definitely if it was a more like hands-on, like we need to do meetings type of thing. It would be a challenge. Yeah. I agree. That is a good goal to work nine to five and have the weekends off. What a dream life. That would be a dream life. Or just like, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily nine to five, because I know some days I will do like a nine to two and it'll be like tapped out. Yeah. And some, some days I just like to nap a little, stay in a little <laughs> longer. So like just like a structured like somewhat in the morning and then at night do my own thing or work on my blog because my blog has been so my sad, sad blog. Mine too. I've I've had <laughs> someone else who's posted on mine more than me at this point. <laughs> it's so hard to do both because once you write like I don't know ten thousand words for someone else, the last thing you want to do is like write for yourself. 
And that's a problem. <laughs> yes. So my last one, I've sort of touched on it. And now it sounds like I'm a crazy person when I say this because I just said how I can't like let it go. Um, you should under promise and over deliver. Um, that sounds like I have an issue now, but I read it in like a healthy way. Um, I think it's great, especially when you start working with new clients to like, I will always overestimate how long it will take me to do something. Even if it's just a short article, I will give myself maybe an extra day or two to do it because I know I'll probably get to it, but like worst case scenario, I don't want to run into an issue where I'm like, something came up and I can't do this right now. Um, because I think that's sort of unprofessional if you don't already have a relationship with them. So I always will be like, oh, I need a week to do this or something, or you just um, don't make any unrealistic expectations where you're like, I'm going to do this today. I'll have it to you in like two hours if like you're not, because that's not a good thing to do. Um, I think it makes a great mm -hmm. impression when you say like, oh, I can do this in a week. And then you maybe return it a few days early. And they're like, wow, she like really um, went above and beyond to make sure she got it in on time. Like that just makes a good impression. It's a really easy thing you can do to make yourself look better. I guess it just shows responsibility. Yeah, for sure. And there are other ways to over-deliver. Like, you could write a little bit more, or you could, like, one of my first articles I did with a client, I, like, got a quote from somebody, and I talked about this in the last podcast, but, like, I just got a quote from someone I knew who I knew would fit well into that, so it would give them, a more, give the article a more professional look or just like adding a picture too even if they don't ask for it yes, like just the certain things you can sure. do i've had a to... lot of clients be like wow that's really a good use of photography like not my own photos but like just give suggestions for images sometimes i'll use screenshots like a lot of marketing things you'll use screenshots like those they've always impressed when i included them even if they didn't ask i think that's a really easy thing you can do it doesn't take very long Sure. You're already on the website probably anyway researching it, so you might as well take a little screenshot. Yeah, and especially with the word count, like sometimes for SEO work especially, it'll be really short, but even then, like I can't get the point across in a shorter blog post. Sometimes I'll just naturally go mm -hmm. over, and then I'm sometimes I'll be like, should I just delete this? Like they didn't ask for this, but every time I've done it, they've been like, oh, wow, thank you for like really going in depth on that. And it didn't take any extra time. If anything, it was easier for me because it's harder to shorten it sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I'm always going over, like, but I write more long-form content, so it doesn't really tr that matter that much, the little extra stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely, I've never been able to stick to a word count. <laughs> yeah, I take them as, as guidelines, but not, like, set in stone. Usually most clients are flexible, unless you're going, like, drastically under for no reason. That's probably not, yeah. not a good idea, but otherwise, you're probably yeah. okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, those are our tips. I thought they were good. <laughs> Hopefully everyone else does too. So let everyone know where they can find you. Um, you can go to thehappyarkansas.com or amandacross.co. You can go to the Happy to at the Happy Arkansas on Instagram and follow me because I need Instagram followers and interaction. Thanks. Bye. Same. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. I will see you 
next week and I will actually be going to Portland next week so that one will be recorded in advance and if you want to follow along on my trip you should it'll be boring but yeah it'll be on Instagram at SamanthaBility and definitely check out Amanda's blog her Facebook group it's called The Ambitious Freelancers I think I'll link it in the show notes and she posts some really good advice all the time on there and it's a great resource so yeah check that out and I'll see you next week bye